Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about Christianity because even though I am a Christian myself, I've never really considered myself much of an apologist or evangelist, so I really don't bring it up too often on this channel. But with that being said, Christianity is a big part of my life and my worldview and it is consistently one of the things that I get the most questions about. There are a lot of non-Christians who watch my channel and I get a lot of comments like, wait a second, you're Christian? I thought you were smart. Hey, Hang on, you're Christian? Does that mean you hate me because I'm an atheist? I get a lot of questions like that and I realized that even though I'm not very good at articulating these issues, there are still plenty of other people out there who are. And two of those people who do do an amazing job talking about Christianity and the Bible are Kristen and Bethany from Girl Defined. And they do videos touching upon so many different subjects related to the gospel. Whether you're a Christian yourself or you simply have questions about Christianity, they are a great resource and I highly recommend you check them out. And today we are very lucky because they are here to talk with us about what I think are some of the biggest misconceptions about Christianity. Hey, Bethany and Kristen, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much yeah. for having us on. We're really excited to chat today. For sure. And, you know, there is so much that I want to ask you guys, but I, I figured I kind of narrowed it down to four topics that I think I get the most often. So the first thing that I get all the time from commenters is the idea that Christians hate people. And I think we see this a lot, especially in the mainstream media nowadays. Christianity, yeah. instead of being associated with love, is so often being associated with hatred. So I guess, how would you guys break down the issue of, you know, Christianity and love versus judgment versus hate? Yeah, mm -hmm. well, I think first we can really relate to that. Um, being Christians and influence ourselves, ourselves and speaking to people through our YouTube channel and just through our platform, we've seen that a lot, that because of our worldview as Christians, um, people who don't associate with Christianity or don't believe in God's word really have viewed us as being hateful and that we really shouldn't even be able to speak because our message is so damaging when looking at our, you know, our lives as Christians and looking at God's word, realizing like, wow, no, God's word and his plan for us isn't actually to trap us and to keep us in bondage and to enslave us, but really to set us free. And from our own personal experience, yeah. even seeing, wow, our lives have become so much more free of worry and anxiety and depression and on and on the list goes by following God's word. Of course, we want that for other people. And so that's really a heart in it. But I can understand why people might take that as being hateful just because mm -hmm. they don't understand the message that we're sharing. Yeah, and something else that I think is really common, we're seeing this all the time yeah. right now, especially amongst our generation, millennials and younger, is this idea that if you disagree with someone, you automatically hate the other person. Yes. And so it's this perspective that if you don't share the same worldview, if you don't share the same perspective on any issue, then you're hateful for not agreeing with the other person when in reality, we could disagree with all sorts of people. People could disagree with us, but it doesn't mean that they automatically hate us, that we automatically hate them. We just share a different opinion. So something we would love is for all of us as people in this world today to be able to disagree and to say, you know what, you don't share the same worldview, you don't share the same perspective, but I, I'm gonna believe, believe the best in you. I don't yeah. believe that you hate me. And another section like that we see in scripture, just something that has been so encouraging to us is this example of Jesus and how loving he is and how countercultural he yeah. was back in his day. And you think in the New Testament of that example of Jesus interacting with the woman at the whale. Well, right. The whale. <laughs> that was well. Jonah and the whale, the woman at the well. And 
she was this woman in her day and age, right? Where she yeah. is sexual promiscuous. Like she is an outcast, an outcast. You know, people look down on her. She had multiple husbands divorced, currently living with a man who wasn't her husband. So in her society, people were really yeah. shaming her, casting her out. And Jesus talks to this woman. He interacts with her. He loves her. But the thing that he doesn't do is just say, you know, I love the way you are. Be the way you are. He could see into her heart and see her longing and her need for something deeper, for freedom, for something bigger. And he goes to this woman, he talks to her and he calls her to something greater. And so I think that really is an amazing example of the true definition of love. It's not saying, okay, I disagree with you. It's Jesus looking at someone and saying, you're, you're living a lifestyle that's hurtful to yeah. you. It's not my best for you. It's not freedom. It's not like a vibrant life. And so he called her to something different, but did it in a loving way. So yeah. as Christians, I just think that's an amazing example of Christ and how we could take cues from that to say, yes, we can call people to the better life that Christ has for them and do it yeah. in a loving way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the idea that ultimately, like you said, Christianity is about love is such an important concept. But the thing with loving someone is that you want what's best for them, even if it's not necessarily something they want to hear at the time. I know when I was in university and I just started dating, I was seeing someone who wasn't Christian. And at the time, there are a lot of people in my church or even in my family who were giving me quite a bit of pushback to that. And I remember at the time thinking, why are you guys being so hateful and so judgmental? Um, I was in a very negative space when it came to that feedback, but it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I realized they were telling me and kind of cautioning me against dating this person, not because they hated me or this other person, but it's because they loved me and they wanted what was best for me. And I think the same concept applies to sharing the gospel. We share it with people, not because we we hate them or we're trying to judge them it's because we love them and we want them to be as free as we are and the same can even be said with Christ he didn't come down to condemn us and judge us he came to free us out of that same love and uh, the next thing the next misconception that I want to touch upon is one that I think even Christians themselves have a lot of the time and that's the idea that Christians are perfect or that they need to be perfect the friends that I have who aren't Christians um, there's this conception that oh Christians think they're so much better than everyone, that they're so perfect. And then from people I know who are Christians, I think this misconception can kind of lead us to feel guilty and not good enough and thinking, well, why can't I just be better than I am currently? I know I've struggled with that a lot. Yeah, I think that's something I've struggled with as well. And just recently I heard actually in church, our pastor was talking about this whole idea how so many of us as Christians have this view of God. And I think we live this way where we view God as kind of like this big mysterious God in the sky where he is just looking with the big bad butt yeah. to push yeah. saying, okay, anything you do that's wrong, I'm ready to pounce on you and say bad, shame on you, how could you do that? What's wrong with you? And so we view life almost that way. And so we're always trying to measure up and trying to be perfect and trying to earn our worth. When in reality, the gospel and Christianity is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. God looks at us and says, yeah. you are so imperfect that I sent Jesus to die for you and give you his righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to talk about that more and talk about that side of God and talk about our weaknesses and our failures to unbelievers and say, hey, we don't have it all together and be more willing to share about those things and say, I'm not perfect, but look how God loves me. Look how he forgave me. And this is what he wants for you. So we can kind of debunk that idea that God is the big bad button in the sky, God, you know? Yeah, for sure. Something I have struggled with totally. And I see that in my marriage. I mean, in marriage, it really comes out where there's this performance, like I want to be perfect. And 
we can get our eyes so off of God where yeah. we start to think that we are the answer, that mm -hmm. God isn't the answer, that if we just try harder, if we did more, and then it becomes all about following the rules and there is no joy yeah. in just following the rules. And so I would say as Christians, yeah, like we have been guilty, just like the Pharisees in the old, like yeah. the New Testament, like we've been so guilty of making Christianity about the do's and don'ts, about don't have sex till marriage, fight for purity, go to church every Sunday, do this, do that, dress this way. Like those where, are the things that earn Yeah, like the, the things that you do, which may be good works that God calls us to, those have become the defining factor for Christianity in so many circles where, you know, people who aren't Christians are looking in and they're like, okay, so to be a Christian, you have to be perfect. You have to follow rules one through 10. And if you do that, great, God loves you. If not, God doesn't love you. And so our love, like our view of God, like you're saying, is yeah. determined based on our works and not based on the fact that Christ died for us by grace through faith. Like it is not a work of ourselves, a work of God. And so it's just yeah. us getting back to the gospel and being yeah. humble, like Bethany said, and saying, we are not perfect. We do not have it together. In fact, like because of Christ, we know how imperfect we yeah. really are. Like we are. Well, yeah. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is a perfect verse for by grace, you have been saved through mm -hmm. faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I think we should talk about that more because it is easy. Like Kristen said, we're guilty of that, of focusing on all the things that we should be doing because they are freeing and they are better for us. But sometimes we lose track of the gospel and to non-believers that can be confusing. Like, great, if that's the way Christianity is, I'd rather do what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it is so much more than that, but we do need to talk about mm -hmm. that more. That's right. And what I try to remind myself of is that if being Christian meant being perfect, then there would be no need for the atonement, which obviously we need and rely on so much. So I've kind of had to train myself to remember that Christianity isn't about removing any and all imperfections. It's about the forgiveness of your imperfections. Um, another thing that I often get from atheists all the time, especially on the internet, is the idea that Christians are only Christian because they have been brainwashed. Personally, I kind of grew as a Christian in a church where there were a lot of new Christians and there was a really strong push for evangelizing and sharing the gospel. So there was really never that assumption that, oh, you're only Christian because that's how you were raised or oh, as a Christian, we can't talk about this or that issue. Um, but as people who talk about Christianity online, I'm sure it's something that you've heard before. So how do you kind of respond to the idea that Christians are simply brainwashed or stupid? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's definitely multiple camps, right? There are people who grow up in the church and they just follow the tide. They do what their parents did. And yeah. they're almost like generational Christians in the sense that they're just piggybacking on what they've always been told and they don't know for themselves why they believe what they believe. And so often we see people like that grow up, you know, turn away from the faith when they get older because they never really had that foundation of yes, God's word. It's intelligent. It makes sense. It's backed by science. It's been consistent for historical, thousands of years. It has historical accuracy, um, you know, all sorts of things. So I think there are people who would fall into that camp and we've seen that. And it's very sad because God's word does have so much. And there are a lot yeah. of wise people, scientists, um, philosophers, journalists who have been you know, very intelligent and who also study scripture. Yeah. So I think it's important for us as Christians to know why we believe what we believe. I think that is what's going to keep mm -hmm. our faith strong in the long run, not just knowing God's word says so, but like, okay, let's dig into this. Let's look at this a little bit more. So I think that's something that as Christians, we need to be better at, honestly, something yeah. that we need to grow in as well. But just thinking like broadly, okay, you think of people who in our day, people would recognize as like, oh yeah, they're a very intelligent research person. Like you think of Isaac Newton, right? Like a famous scientist, he was a believer. He was a Christian. He viewed the Bible as a very historically accurate book that was inspired by God. He believed in six day creation, the worldwide flood. Like he took the Bible literally and believed it. And so that's someone that people would say like, oh, well, he's intelligent. Wow. But he also 
study God's word. He also believed in God's word. Like that's pretty yeah. impressive. I think of Lee Strobel, you know, the case for Christ. He was an atheist. He was totally against God's word and he set out on a mission. I think some people are familiar with his story, but he was very intelligent. He was working um, as a journalist. He was working, um, I think in a law firm yeah. and he had all this research and he's like, I'm going to set out to prove Christianity wrong. This is crazy. How can people believe this? And there's an awesome movie that recently came out made out about him, but it's cool to see his journey of trying to debunk every aspect of Christianity, whether it's scientifically, historically, um, just every category. And as he goes on this mission, the Bible actually proves him wrong. And he yeah. sees this in the evidence, the actual evidence, not just in, I'm going to blind beliefs, but real yeah. hardcore evidence. And that's an amazing example. So the case for Christ is something cool, yeah. but another yeah. one, well, C.S. Lewis is another one, but I think that when you, it, this kind of goes back to the point where we were talking about millennials and how, if you disagree with them, then you're viewed as like mm. being hateful. And I think in the same way, we have this with Christianity and that I think a lot of people, if we disagree about religion or worldview or belief, we think they just must be brainwashed or really mm -hmm. ignorant or they don't really know what they're talking about. And I think that that's sad because, you know, for us, we want to continue learning and growing, but that's not the case, you know, like to me, that would be awful to just be blindly following something yeah. and giving your life for something that you really don't know. Like I, I'm not willing to take the criticism and hate and stuff that we get for something that I don't truly believe in for myself, not just because my parents or, you know, my grandparents or whoever it's like, I'm willing to take a lot of heat and feedback, negative feedback, because I truly have researched this and studied this for myself. And ultimately I believe in it so much that I'm willing to give my life for it, not just other people's lives, like my life for it. And I think, you know, that's, that's to me, not like a sign of brainwashing. It's like, wow, I, I have studied this and I do, I am very passionate about that. And just because we disagree doesn't mean that I'm brainwashed. Yeah. You and know? we've experienced personal life transformation Yeah, as a result of following what God's word says, like the gospel has changed us and transformed us and given us freedom, life, hope, not just something that we're following, but something yeah. that inside and in our lives, it is continuing to transform us yeah. in amazingly powerful ways. Like that in and of itself is so much evidence that this is true, that we're like, we can't help but want to share this with other yeah. people. Mm -hmm. And I love that you guys on your channel and your work, you encourage Christians to dig deeper into like the history, theology, just their faith in its entirety. Because what I see a lot is that, you know, I, I've known people who are Christians and they go off to university and because they never really thought about these things, the first time they hear something like, oh, but what about such and such and such, because they don't have that strong foundation um their faith kind of crumbles but it's like if if we had you know spoken about this more and explained to them you know i guess more of why this makes so much sense they would have they wouldn't have that kind of immediate whoa i don't know therefore it must not be true um so love that you guys are touching upon that and the last thing i wanted to ask you and this is maybe one of the the biggest misconceptions i hear about christianity is the idea that christians hate sex they're anti-sex um you know you're you're people who you've recently gotten married and i i just want to hear you talk a little bit about what you think the kind of biblical view and foundation of sex is this is a big topic and we're glad you're talking about it and considering we just wrote a book on this topic it's exciting for us but you know it is hilarious because yeah. i just got married eight months ago and people will they'll people joke all the time i guess not joke but i think they're probably kind of serious they're like oh you know i post pictures of us kissing and stuff all the time but like oh my goodness have they kissed yet <laughs> You've had sex like literally I'm like what do you think we are like oh my goodness like we were all designed as sexual beings like this is a natural longing and desire like yes we've had sex you know like we enjoy it in our marriage like oh my goodness shock for Christians but 
I think one of the big problems that it comes down to is that we as Christians have spent so much time focusing on no, 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 don't do this, don't do this, wait until marriage. And we focus so much on that don't do this, let's kind of keep this hush-hush, that I do think that the world looking on at us might think, wow, what is the deal? Like, are they afraid of this? Are they scared of this? When in reality, you know, that's why Kristen and I just wrote the book we wrote is because we want people to know God is the designer. He is the inventor of sex and sexuality. Hollywood didn't create it. Millennials didn't create it. Like back in the garden, this has been around for a long time, people, you know? And we should be the biggest champions of sex. Like Christians, we need to call each other out and say, hey, why are we, why are we so afraid to talk about this? You know, like this is a good thing. And I mean, you know, I'm, I guess I'm kind of like a newly married naive, but I'm like very open to talk about it. And I'm like, this is good. You know, like we should be excited. And especially for women, I think men have been a little bit more comfortable to talk about it, but especially within the church, we specifically towards women have been kind of like even more afraid to talk about it when it's like, hold up. We as women are just as sexual as men. And you look in Song of Solomon and she's like calling out for her husband, like, (laughs) hey, I'm ready for you, you know? And it's like, she is anything but afraid of sex. And so I think we just need to be a little bit more bold in our approach because I think that we are guilty of that. And I think Mm -hmm. that we need to be honest about that. And I think there is a movement of people willing to talk about it, but to set the record straight, it's like, no, we are not ashamed or afraid of sex. We as Christians, should be having the best sex out there. (laughs) Yeah, and just because I think the negative connotation comes also because, and we talk about this on our YouTube channel, that saving sex for marriage, that can often be viewed by the world. as like, oh, you're not having sex before marriage. Or you're saying that God is saying I should wait to have sex. Like, that's so restrictive. That's so shameful. Like, why would God ever want that? But what we forget is that God is, like you said, the designer, the creator. He knows what's best for us. He created sex and he actually created an incredible environment, a very specific context for sex to thrive best in. And in his word, we see that's in a covenant relationship within marriage where there's commitment, there's unity, there's permanence, there's this lifelong relationship where sex can thrive, grow and bond the couple together for a lifetime. And so rather than looking at God's design and saying that's so oppressive, we need to step back and say, God actually knows what he's doing. He made this. He wants what's good for us. He wants our best in this area. And by following his design, we're going to experience his good in that. And so as we talk about that, even on our channel, like, yes, we both waited to have sex until marriage, not because we're awesome, not because we're following the rules, not even just for our husband. And not because because we think it's bad. And not because we think it's bad. We're not abstaining from something bad. We're holding out and waiting for something good. So having that positive twist on it. So just remembering that, that God created a good context, just like a fish in water is going to be a lot happier than a fish out of water, right? Well, if there's a good context for that fish, there's a good context for sex. And so getting back to that, that positive perspective, that pro-sex perspective, that God made this, it's for our good. I think that conversation, that narrative is going to do Christians a lot of good. And I think that if anyone does doubt, like, "Hmm, what do Christians really think about it? I would encourage people who are not Christians watching this channel who don't hold to that perspective to read our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Garble's Heart and evaluate it and tell us what you think. Like, do we come across as prudes and sex haters or do we, you know, we're trying to change the movement and change the narrative and encourage women and men to to view it in a way that is so good and so positive, but for a certain context. And we have the word sex in the title of our Oh yeah, so that should tell you something. A little sketchy. (laughs) Well, that's what I love about all of your videos, really. They have such a positive message and you can really feel that you're you're sharing this because 
you know, you, you love the people that are watching your videos and you want to help them. And I just think that's great. So for people who want to check you out, definitely they can head over to your YouTube channel. That's Girl Defined. Is there anywhere else they should be looking for you? Our main website, girldefined.com. Um, that's kind of the hub of everything. So they can find all three of our books. There are newest books, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart, as well as a ton of free resources, uh, blogs and videos and pretty much everything. Yeah, we would love to connect with them. Yeah. Sure. Okay, awesome. And again, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. So that's it for this video. And whether you're Christian or not, I really hope you check out Bethany and Kristen's videos. They are amazing. And as always, I would love to know what you guys think about this. If you're not Christian, what are some of the assumptions that you have about people who are? And if you are Christian, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you hear about yourself? Let me know. But that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.